Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter, at Professor Sides. Today is Wednesday, July 6th, 2022, and this episode covers all of today's Major League Baseball games. In case you're new here, I built a mathematical model for win probability, hitter and pitcher projections, and analyze whether Dan and Mark make one side pick and one total pick on every game that's played Monday through Sunday, though there are no Sunday shows. That doesn't mean that I recommend you do the same, as my goal in this episode is to share key information about today's games, give you a few things to think on and explain what the model or I like a certain play in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. I never recommend blind tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with me or against me before investing your hard-earned money. Let's go through my plays. Remember that there are no locks in gambling. So what I'll give you are loves, likes, and leans to indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. And as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to say it will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Yesterday, about a break-even day, uh, first inning there, that Giants game, five spot in the eighth, not exactly what you expect there, especially against the weaker Diamondbacks offense, but uh, uh, hung on with the Dodgers run line again. So that was at least a nice finish there. And then another big one with the A's. So some late night winners, uh, just kind of, like I said, overall a mixed bag, um, a wild ending in Baltimore. Um, always a lot of fun when those things happen. Maybe a little bit too much stress sometimes, especially for the Orioles. I feel like that bullpen is uh, uh you know, has been good all season and then lately has kind of reverted back to the fear, which was that they wouldn't perform as well as they have all season. Thankfully, they, they still got it done for us yesterday, uh, despite maybe taking a, you know, a few months off of our lives there. <laughs> and before we get to today's slate, some reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you are yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And the only way is when you turn notifications on to ensure that you don't miss any the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. Share with a friend if you know others in the game. Hit me up on Twitter or drop a comment if you're on YouTube. I love those and try to respond to as many as I can. And just as always, a reminder, I encourage all my listeners to have multiple sports books in their portfolios, especially ones with those dime lines from MLB games. These are your disposal. You should be able to find an edge on any game. I have a couple that I recommend. The links are in the show's description and on the website, www.pickswiththeprofessor.com slash sports books just a reminder there always shop around if you can get you a better price it'll help reduce the losses and increase the winnings it's always good things today we have a nice spread out slate of games got a few earlier in the afternoon a few later in the afternoon a few in the evening should be a nice day 14 games for us we're going to start off 110 eastern first pitch 1210 central Guardians at the Tigers. Shane Bieber will take the mound for the Guardians versus Michael Pineda for the Tigers. It'll be a nice day in Detroit. It'll be mid to upper 70s. No real rain chances. And the wind's mostly blowing across. Maybe a slight boost to the bats with temperatures in the upper 70s, but not much. It's going to play pretty traditional there in Detroit. Not much to say about Bieber. I think I mentioned this the last couple of times. You know, maybe a rough outing or two early on had us a little concerned. 316 ERA, the advancement metrics say he should be slightly better than that, actually. Very good pitcher. Probably not Cy Young top five skill level, but a very strong pitcher. 
Pineda for the Tigers, 362 ERA in his six outings this year, but the advanced metrics say it should be over or one higher than that. So I'm not extremely high on him as my rating for him. Air deviation is worse than Bieber, so a huge edge in the starting. An edge for the Guardians on offense as well. But the Guardians being on the road and the way they've played lately, the model seeing that and has really cooled off on a Cleveland team. There was that stretch where we really loved them, and the edges on the Guardians just have continued to get get smaller and smaller as these days have gone on, and they, they just can't get it done. I still don't know what to make of the Tigers. Um, this is a team that every time I back them, they seem to lose, and every time I fade them, they do win. Uh, they've just been kind of zigging and zagging. Maybe this Tigers team has finished it. I mentioned uh, last week, I mentioned I, I, I feel like they're better than this. I mean, they're not good by any stretch of the imagination, but they're as bad as that, that record was um, indicating that they are. They've, they've won a little bit here lately. Maybe they'll get something going. I don't really know. Like I said, this team is just all over the map. So you know, maybe they're going to play at that mediocre level that I, I think they should be at. You know, I get if you're a Tiger fan, you probably had hopes of, you know, 85 win season coming into the year, weaker division. And that made sense based off the ending last year. Again, that's not going to happen, but maybe they're at least a, an 80 win team on average, right? And they, they won't get there this year because of where they started, but at least maybe they can play at that 500 ish pace the rest of the year. I'm not sure. Every, like I said, every time I think I figure this team out, they go the other direction. Model says to back the Tigers today. I'm going to do that. Uh, it's a pretty big edge with regards to the probability. The model says the number should be about minus 150, gives the Guardians a 60% chance of winning on the road. So I've locked in Tigers plus 169. As much as we've liked the Guardians, a price like minus 185, as good as Bieber is, it's just not, it just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, this Guardians offense can really just disappear. Um, so the Guardians probably win this game. Again, they're 60% likely to, according to the model. But if they win it 60% of the time, if we get, Tigers wins 40% of the time, then that's going to be profitable for us. So it's a B pick for me on the Tigers. I just can't go that third unit fading Bieber. He's pretty good and Pineda's not. But I, I like the Tigers. I think it's the, the smart investment. So we'll give that a, a B grade. And I really love this total under eight. I love the I love the even money aspect of it. A grade for me on this one. I don't trust this Guardians offense to really score. It seems like when they score, they only kind of score in bunches late, and that's on the table, obviously. Again, there's no locks in gambling, and anything can happen. And you always want to think through how this play can lose. So maybe if you're a little bit worried about the Guardians scoring late, which has, again, just been the thing that they've done when they've been successful, maybe you split your bet a little bit, full game first five. I'm a full game kind of player based off of the analysis I've done showing that that's just been more successful with how – I'm viewing the games. So I'm going full game under eight. I love that it's even money. This total really should be seven and a half. And I probably would still go under that, but I just, I wouldn't like it as much. But the fact that we're getting the push at eight and the even money is just too good to pass up. Um, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm surprised it's not seven and a half, or I'm surprised if it's not eight that we don't have to lay something like minus 120 to go under. The fact that these odds are flipped, in my opinion, just offers tremendous value. So A grade under for me in Detroit to get us started for this Wednesday. 210 Easter, first pitch, Cubs at the Brewers. Should be in the dome there. There might be some rain, so it might close the roof. If it's not and they open it, it should be a nice day, so the temperature shouldn't really affect things too much in Milwaukee. 
Adrian Sampson for the Cubs versus Corbin Burns for the Brewers. I don't have much to say about Burns. The advanced metrics are not as pretty as that 236 ERA, but they are still fantastic. I believe Burns is maybe the, I think he's the second best rated starting pitcher that I have that's healthy right now, I'm only behind McClanahan. So I mean, I love Burns. I mean, he's he's great, and 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 I know that. And I, and I mentioned this before, and I just want to reiterate here: you're looking at a number like minus 240 for the Brewers. Just remember, and I'm not saying you shouldn't back the Brewers. I, I, I'm not going to, and I'll explain why in a minute. But but my word of warning to you if you're backing the Brewers is if you're thinking, oh, Burns is fantastic, everybody knows that the sports book knows that that's priced in, right? You're not, you're only getting an edge when you have a take that the sports book doesn't have. And hopefully you're right and they're wrong. Like that's where you get your edges when you say, yeah, they're seeing this, but I'm seeing this. That's why I built the model. And sometimes I'll say a game is priced really well. I think it's spot on. Other times I say, hey, yeah, I just think they're off a little bit because I think they're misassessing this starting pitcher, this offense, this relief core, whatever it may be. Everyone knows knows Burns is really good. My model's taking into account just how fantastic he is. So it's really all I would say about him. We know he's great. Adrian Sampson, a real question mark. Terrible in previous seasons. This year in 16 innings, he's been good. 338 ERA and the advanced metrics are actually more encouraging than that. Now, it's only 16 innings, so I'm not, you know, you know, buying stock in him just yet, but it is something to keep an eye on. He projects right around league average. So maybe he's kind of figured out how to become a decent pitcher and a decent pitcher against the Brewers offense stands a chance. Now the Brewers again are more likely to win than not. Obviously we know that it's all about the price. If Samson can hold the Brewers down and keep this a tight game, the Cubs are going to really struggle to score off of Burns. I see this being a low-scoring game, and the Cubs kind of have a puncher's chance. That's kind of how the model sees it. There's obviously a world where the Brewers score five runs on Samson, and they cruise to a nice little 6-1 to victory. Um, but I, I love this under. It's seven and a half and minus 105 odds. I really love it if you can get eight, even if you lay a little bit of juice. The idea that you get that push protection if it gets to eight. I don't think it's going to sniff eight, though. The model spits out a really low number for this total. I think it's a little bit um, a little bit too low, probably. But this total shouldn't be this high. You do have a slightly hitter from the ballpark in Milwaukee, but it's not one of those, you know, we're not to the middle of, we're not a heat wave in Milwaukee where they have to keep the roof open because there's no AC and it's going to be 90 degrees in there and the ball's flying out. It's going to play just slightly friendly to the hitters, but this Brewers offense being just average, Corbin Burns being fantastic, both bullpens being pretty good. I just don't see there being a lot of runs. I love this under number seven and a half. And like I said, I'll take a flyer on the Cubs at plus 215. The model says the number should be 175. So it's a B-grade pick for me on the Cubs. I'm not going to throw a third unit fading burns. That just seems kind of suicidal. But I think the Cubs may be the, the smart angle here at a number like plus 215. I think they have a chance. Again, they don't win this more often than not. The model says they win it. 36 to 37% of the time. And that seems right. If they play this game a bunch, the Brewers aren't going to win every single one of them. To me, the bottom line is that a price like minus 240 in the Brewers is crazy. I couldn't endorse a run line play on the Brewers either. Having to lay odds in a low scoring game where they're the home team, it just seems kind of crazy to me. Value on the Cubs means either Cubs or pass. If you want to pass, I totally understand that and just focus on the under. I think that makes a lot of sense too. But with regards to the side, I think the Cubs have value. It kind of reminds me of maybe the A's these last couple of nights where it's like, 
they're not good and they're playing a better team, but like there's just too much randomness in baseball to get carried away in a situation where the Brewers don't have a large, I think the main point I want to make is the Brewers don't have a large edge on offense. They don't really have an edge in the bullpen. They do at the back end with regards to if they're ahead versus if the Cubs are, if the Cubs are ahead, it's not over. If the Brewers are ahead, it probably is. I mean, that's a little bit of an edge, but I mean, the only big edge they have here is with starting pitcher. And that's a huge edge. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, it's only so much of the game. If we're laying these type of numbers, like if, like I'm always saying, I want lots of edges, lots of big edges. And I just don't see them this one. The Brewers are the better team, but just not by enough to be this sort of favorite. So to me, it's either Cubs or pass. I'll take him with a B grade, but I really love the under seven and a half. 210 Eastern first pitch twins at the White Sox. Doesn't look like there will be any rain today. Wind will be blowing 10 to 15 miles an hour. It'll be blowing across to right field, so likely no real edge there. One of those that could help a ball, it could hurt a ball, don't really know. So we're treating that as fairly neutral. Mid to low 70s, so a nice day in Chicago if you can get out to the ballpark. Should play fairly traditional there in that one. Joe Ryan versus Lance Lynn. Joe Ryan with that three ERA. I've been mentioning this, though. Underlying metrics say it should be about a run higher. Still projects to be good. I still think he's solid. I just don't think he's quite this good. And again, a guy who's a fly ball pitcher. I do expect some regression as the summer rolls along. That cold weather just really helped him out. Um, and, and he plays in Minnesota, which helps that. I mean, obviously, he'd rather go out to, to Oakland. You know, but playing in a place with colder weather and a division with some more colder weather teams helps. But as the summer rolls along and he plays in some more and more weather games, I do expect him to struggle a little bit more in that ERA to creep definitely into the, the, the mid threes. Today, probably not what we're looking at, though. It's not really a day that the ball is going to fly. So if he's giving up some fly balls, one or two might get out, but they're not all going to get out. And so that at least uh, is comforting for him that. Today's not that day, right? A, a pitcher like that, I feel like on a warm day, wind blowing out, you'd be in trouble. Not Those weren't the conditions today. So Joe Ryan, a solid pitcher, just probably not quite as good as an ERA. Lance Lynn in his four starts, 450 ERA. The metric state should be almost a full run lower than that. I, I have Lance Lynn as the better pitcher. I feel pretty confident about that. Um, I know their ERA is tell a different story, but as I'm always saying, ERA isn't necessarily the best predictive measure going forward. Obviously, the results for Joe Ryan have been fantastic, and so far they've been a mixed bag for Lynn. But I think going forward, I feel fairly confident in saying that for the rest of the season, that the numbers that Lynn puts up, assuming he stays healthy, will be better than the numbers that Joe Ryan puts up. So I give the White Sox a slight edge with regards to the starting pitchers. Bullpens, neither one are great. Both read out a little bit above average, but I'm not really confident in either bullpen. Both offenses are pretty good. This is kind of a coin tossy type game. I'll take a flyer on the White Sox at minus 108. The model says White Sox minus 109. I'm a little surprised it says White Sox minus 109. I kind of feel like it should be a little bit higher than that. That's why I'm on the White Sox at minus 108. Um, I feel like maybe the number should be more like White Sox minus 115. I just wonder at some point in the models pulling back on, given the, the way these two games have gone, the White Sox have played. And the, I want to say downward spiral, but maybe downward spiral the White Sox are on. The model's kind of pulling back and, and saying – this ain't looking good for them. And so it's not going to overreact, but it is going to react. And so if you ignore the way the White Sox have been playing and the fact that um, Tony La Russa still has a job for some reason, 
Um, you know, if you kind of just ignore that and just look at the talent on the field, this number should be higher for the White Sox, but you can't ignore the, the situation there in Chicago. And so it's a situation where um, I'm on the White Sox, but I'm very tentative about it. It's kind of a – that they should be better than this, but they also aren't. So I don't really know what to do with that. So just a lean for me on the White Sox. I like this under at 8.5. I like the even money. Both pitchers are good enough, I think, to keep these offenses in check on a nice day. If it was a warmer day, I'd be a little bit more concerned about some extra home runs. But as it is, I think we can stay under this number of 8.5 to be great for me at even money. To our favorite team of the week, the Athletics, they'll get the Blue Jays again here in a day game, 335 Eastern first pitch. That'll be a 1235 local start. I would say that might be some later arriving fans or never arriving fans in Oakland. Uh, it'll be a nice day if you live out that way and want to go catch some day baseball, about 70 degrees, pretty much all day. The winds be blowing out the whole game at about 10 miles an hour. Usually the way that park standardly plays is just pretty consistent. You're going to have more runs in a day game than a night game. In a night game, you're pretty standard. Going to be about, you know, five degrees colder to start, about 10 by the end of the game, and the breeze blowing out, maybe a little bit less strong and kind of dying down as the night goes on. Pretty standard night there in Oakland. It's a pretty standard day, a little bit warmer, and that wind blowing out um, throughout the day. Now, again, it's a huge park, so it may not matter a ton, and the wind's not going to be gusting, but you will see more runs there in the day, on a standard day, than you will in a standard night. So something to keep in mind there if you're a totals player. Might see some runs with these pitchers, Jose Barrios and James Capriello. And Barrios with a 572 ERA. We've talked about him a lot, just an atrocious season. He's not that bad. Um, his advanced metrics say it should be about a run lower, but that's also not good. And at this point, he projects to be average, but that's just getting worse and worse. I remember I feel like a couple of weeks ago we were talking about how he's projecting as barely above average, and now it's down to average. I and mean, if he keeps going like this, He'll be pretty below average soon. It's a bad year. You never know if that's going to continue or if he's going to turn it around and at least pitch a little bit better. But it's somewhere between good and somewhere it should be between average and not good for Barrios, which is not comforting for a Blue Jays team that's really hurting with regards to starting pitching, as good as the offense is. Capriellan, another pitcher I don't like, a 543 ERA, which is very bad for pitching half of his games, more or less, in Oakland. Advanced metrics say that's right where it should be. And a pitcher in Oakland should pitch, should have a better ERA than the advanced metrics because the ballpark's going to help him out. And so he's been bad. The advanced metrics say he's bad, and he can't even be boosted by the fact that his park is such, so pitcher-friendly. I mean, it's not good uh, for him. The Blue Jays shouldn't have a hard time scoring runs today with a better hitting environment and a really bad pitcher and the, the offense that they have. That said, I'm on the athletics again. I still think it's priced too high. It's not nearly as crazy as yesterday. Yesterday was insane value on the athletics. Today is more moderate value. Model says Blue Jays minus 155. So if you're going to play the Blue Jays at all this series, this is at least the game where it's not as crazy to do it. But a price like minus 180, I still think is too high, even though, again, the Blue Jays are the better team. And I don't like Barrios at all, but I do think he is better than Capriellan. It's just a situation where the price is still too high for me. So it's athletics or pass in my book. I'll give it a B grade at plus 163. There's a little bit of value on the A's to go ahead and get this sweep, but it's not one that I'm as confident as I was last night, or at least as fun as Monday night. Monday night was just huge plus odds. And it was like, hey, 
there's a lot of value here. Let's let's take a stab at it and see what happens. And if it hits, we're going to have a huge payday. Today, the odds aren't as exciting. And the difference between where Vegas is priced this and where I've priced this isn't as much. So I'm still on the A's. It's just one I like a little bit less in those last two nights. With regards to the total, I think it's priced really well at eight and a half. I'll take a flyer on the over just because I think the Blue Jays should score. I think the A's will score. I don't think, again, much of Barrios at all. So I'll go over eight and a half. The model spits out 8.7. But it's not one that I'm really confident in because as much as it's the ball's going to fly a little bit better there in the day and there's more runs in the day and these pitchers aren't good, it's still a really pitcher-friendly ballpark. So it's still hard to go too high with this. I'd be comfortable going over eight. Eight and a half, though, is, like I said, I think it's priced pretty well. So I'll take a stab at the over, but it's not one I'm really confident in. To the night games, 640 Eastern, first pitch, Mets at the Reds. A wild game yesterday in Cincinnati. The Mets had tons of chances to get a run across and couldn't do it in such a hitter-friendly ballpark. Got an under there yesterday that was surprisingly easy. And I mentioned this a few times. We've seen that less in Cincinnati this year, but we've seen it in Coors a few times where – Sometimes these hitter-friendly ballparks, you see these really low-scoring games, and it's very confusing. And it just, again, illustrates the randomness that baseball has where you just never really know. And I mentioned yesterday I thought both pitchers were pretty good, and so I was like, I think we can stay under. But I was real hesitant because the Reds kind of score some runs in general, especially at that ballpark. The Mets offense is really good, you know, but uh, just a wild win yesterday, a one nothing game. I don't think anybody really expected that one. Tonight – a good chance of rain throughout the night. So something to keep an eye on. It's over 50% coverage throughout the evening. So especially if you're a DFS player or just regular fantasy, keep an eye on if this one happens or not. If it does, add its scheduled times. We'll start off in the mid-80s, close around 80 degrees. Slight breeze out to start at 5 miles an hour, but I'm going to say there's going to be not really much of a wind effect to consider because depending on exactly where weather hits, the wind might be blowing different directions. It's supposed to be blowing more in by the end of the game, but it's staying under five miles an hour. So I'm saying no real wind effect. And if it's delayed, we're going to be more at a traditional Cincinnati night than a normal one. If we do start on time, it's going to start off a little bit warm. So maybe a tiny bit of a boost to the bats there with regards to the temperature, but mainly it's going to play just like a normal header from the ballpark that we have there in Cincinnati with the rain being the concern. David Peterson for the Mets, Graham Ashcraft for the Reds. Peterson is a 324 ERA. Advanced metrics a tiny bit worse, but not by much. His rating continues to improve in my model. Ashcraft, also a pretty solid rating, a 453 ERA, but the advanced metrics say it should be half a run better. Both these guys are solid pitchers. So I'll take another flyer on the under 10, only a lean. It's I, I like both these pitchers enough that I think this number should be nine and a half. And so I think they're giving us a little bit of value at 10, but knowing how the ball can really fly out of that ballpark, it's only a lean. It's hard to be too confident there because the pitchers, while I think they're both solid are just, there's just enough question marks with both of these guys to make me feel really good about it. And with regards to the side, the model says Mets minus 173. So I'll play the Mets at minus 163 with a B grade. I think there's a little bit of value on the Mets. They're the better team. They have the much better bullpen. They have the better offense. If the starting pitcher is a wash, I think the Mets should be favored. But I wouldn't go up to a number like 200. But at 163, I think there's a little bit of value. 
and I'll back the Mets here tonight, Cincinnati. 640 Eastern first pitch, Angels at the Marlins. Shohei Otani versus Trevor Rogers. Not much to say about Otani, a top five, top ten pitcher, 268 ERA. Advanced metrics actually a little bit better than that. Just been fantastic this season. Been hit around a couple of times, once in New York. But, I mean, other than the, the couple of times he's gotten hit, um, most of his starts have just been gems. Trevor Rogers, on the other hand, again, I've talked a lot about him not having a great season, a 556 ERA. He did look a little bit better last start. I'm going to say, I believe it was the last start, and I believe it was against the Nationals. You know, hey, maybe that's kind of the effect of the Nationals aren't very good. Offensively, I'm not sure the Angels are either. We've talked about how top-heavy the Angels' offense is. I've kind of all year, as, as good as that Angels' offense started out, I was very skeptical of them, and rightly so, that they just couldn't continue that toward pace because it was really just all relying on a couple of hitters. I, I think Trevor Rogers has a chance at least to have another decent outing. It's kind of like we always say here, you just got to worry about those top three guys. And then once you get past them, you know, you got a chance to at least get some some quicker and easier outs. Obviously, he won't repeat the performance. Our boy Sandy did yesterday. Obviously, he's just so much fun to watch. It's just a fantastic pitcher. I don't expect that tonight from Trevor Rogers, but I think he can keep the Marlins in this game. I like the under. I like under seven here. It's even money. It's a B-grade pick. I can't quite get to an A grade. There's definitely a chance of a push here. I just can't quite get to an A grade just because I am a little bit nervous with Rodgers. He's just average at best. And so that's making me hold off just a little bit here on getting to an A grade with this under. But I think under is the right play. Umpire yesterday really helped out both pitchers and kept that a little bit lower scoring. I think with a more true umpire, you probably would have seen more like five runs than three. But yesterday was such an easy under. And the quality of these pitchers today isn't drastically different than yesterday. I mean, Otani and Sandy are probably pretty similar. Both are awesome pitchers. Syndergaard may be a little bit better than Rodgers, but not by much. So, I mean, we're similar with regards to the quality of pitching. I still think under is the way to go, but I was really hoping to get under 7.5. I like the even money at least, but not an A grade. Quite just not quite confident enough there with Rodgers just being a little bit of a question mark. But I think there's a ton of value on the Marlins at plus 160. I'm giving it an A grade just based off the value. It's not a game that I necessarily think the Marlins win. I just think it's really close to a toss-up here. I give the Angels a slight edge, but being on the road with as mediocre as their offense is and as bad as their bullpen is, the Marlins have an edge in the bullpen. And while the Marlins offense isn't good, I expect a low-scoring game where anything can happen. The key to this game is going to be the Marlins getting Otani out of this game and not letting him go eight innings. If they can get to that Angels bullpen after six, they don't have to score off of Otani. They just need to have long at bats, foul pitches off, take balls, drive his pitch count up, get him out after six, don't let him throw eight. And then at that point when he gets to the bullpen, I think the Marlins got a chance. So I think they can hang in this game. All about the value for me on this pick. The models, the model says Angels minus 112. Even if that's a little bit low, maybe it should be Angels minus 120. There's just a ton of value in the Marlins here at plus 160. Complete disrespect here. The model knows about the Marlins' offense and how weak it is now with a couple of their hitters out. It's just that the the edge that the Angels have at starting pitcher is completely offset by being on the road and the bullpen. And 
then you give the Angels a little bit of edge for the offense. But coming up with a number like minus 174 for the Angels, I just don't know how you do it. it to me, it feels like blind money backing Otani and just saying, Otani's great. It's like, yeah, he is, but he's not going to, the Angels aren't going to win 35 of this starts. As much as you might enjoy that as an Angels fan, that's not the way it's going to go. He's going to lose sometime. I don't know if it's tonight. I just think it's worth the investment to fade him. I think he's fantastic. I just think the Marlins got a chance in this. So much value, plus 160, in my opinion. 705 Eastern first pitch, Nats at the Phillies. Got an easy one with the Phillies yesterday. That was a lot of fun. Tonight, they'll throw Aaron Nola out there, who's obviously been fantastic. A 313 ERA, but advanced metrics better than that. They'll face Josiah Gray, who is continuing to look a little bit better. His ERA is at 422. The advanced metrics, though, lag behind that. At this point, I'm giving him about an average rating. Maybe he's a little bit better than that as a young guy who's getting better. But I still think there's a pretty large edge here with regards to the starting pitcher for the Phillies. Weather-wise, we're going to be in the upper 80s to start, low 80s to close, no real rain to speak of. And the wind's blowing in, but only at about 5 miles an hour throughout the night. Model says Phillies minus 226. I'll take the Phillies minus 215 with a B grade. I think the Phillies are the side you want to be on. I think in general, we mostly want to be fading this Nats team. At this point, the price is starting to get out there a little bit high, though. We're kind of where we want to be here. The massive edge that the Phillies have pitching will continue all game. The Phillies' bullpen is obviously much worse than Arnola, but the Nationals' bullpen is much worse than Josiah Gray. So the Phillies will have a large edge every inning pitching-wise. They're going to have an edge on offense, and they're at home. That's kind of the recipe for it's okay to lay a number that starts with two. It's just I want to keep that number low. Minus 226 seems about right. Once this gets to minus 220, I think you've lost the last little bit of value. I'd still probably play the Phillies, but it's just a lean at that point. It's just we're losing value as it gets higher and higher. I'd love this if the, if the number started with a one. If you get like a 199 or even a 200, that's an A grade. It's just not enough value for me to give it that grade here at this point. So on the Phillies, B grade. Value solid, but not great. And I'll take the under eight at minus 117. I think Gray's decent enough to hold down a below average Phillies offense. I don't see the Nats scoring much off of Nola. The reason this isn't an A grade, I've talked about this with Nola a lot. He's fantastic. He'll start rolling. And I just had too many games watching Aaron Nola. I own the guy in fantasy. I've had too many games watching him where he's been six shutout innings and in the seventh inning, he's like, oh, this is over. I'm just going to try to go get out. You know, bloop single, base hit, home run. All of a sudden he's given up three runs. You're like, how did that happen? He was cruising. And that can really derail an under bet. I think the Phillies will score off the Nats. I don't think they're going to get to this number by themselves. And I don't think the Nats score much. But there is just a little bit of a concern that if Nola, if the Phillies get out ahead, Nola just tries to eat up innings, he might give up a couple of runs that he otherwise shouldn't. And that would get us to eight or nine. So I don't love the under. It's just not quite the right setup, in my opinion, for an A grade. But I think it's the right side. This feels like a five to one Phillies win. So I will be on that under, but only a B grade. Just as I'm thinking about how this game plays out, to me, there's just too many ways that we lose. And when I go with the A grade, I want to think, eh, there's like one way, two ways we can lose that I can reasonably think of. I got to think about three or four for this one. So I like the under. I think it wins more than it loses. Just not a situation that I want to invest that third unit in. 
705 Eastern, first pitch range. The Orioles mentioned this one at the top, a wild one yesterday, a game that was just absolutely drunk, especially at the end. That ninth inning was crazy. Even the tenth inning was crazy. They'll try it again tonight. A lot of rain in the area in Baltimore, something to keep an eye on, over 50% coverage for the entire night. The winds will be in at the start of the night, across by the end, but also only around five miles an hour. So I'll largely ignore the wind, don't really know what it's going to do. And based off the fact that there might be a delay somewhere, it's hard to say exactly where the wind will be blowing. Thankfully, being at five miles an hour or under, it'll be a situation where there's not much effect there. Temperature-wise, if it starts on time, mid-80s, by the end of the night, it'll still be warm in Baltimore. Welcome to July. It'll be 80 degrees. If it gets delayed, it'll still be in the upper 70s as this one closes later into the night. So still a slightly warm night there in Baltimore, a little bit of a boost to the bats there, which is why you see a total of 10. But I think that total of 10 is just a little too high. It's one where I think the total should be 9.5. Neither one of these pitchers is good, but I think there's a decent chance that one of these pitchers gets hit around and we get to the bullpens quickly which will be a good thing. Usually you'd think that's not a good thing, but here I think it's a really good thing. The worst pitchers that will be pitching in this game, in my opinion, are the starters. And they're out there because they're guys who can give them length. But I think both these teams would be better off if they just said, you're going through the lineup one time, or if they used an opener, or if they just scratched it completely, sent these guys down and brought up another arm and just said, we're going straight bullpen games. So my hope is we get rid of these starting pitchers in a hurry because I think the bullpens are better. I don't see a repeat of last night being 10 to 9. I think obviously anything's possible, but for the most part, these teams are more under teams than over teams, especially the Orioles. I think 10 is just a little bit too high. Um, again, a boost to the bats on a little bit warmer for night and bats starting pitchers, but the bullpens are being average. The Orioles offense being below average, the Rangers offense being average. I just think 10 is too much. I'm going under 10 with a B grade. Like I said, I think the total should be nine and a half. And with regards to the side, I think it's priced pretty well. It's a coin tossy type game. I give a slight edge to the Rangers. And the way it's priced right now, Vegas is giving a slight edge to the Rangers. I think it's priced pretty spot on. I'll take the Orioles or the home team with better odds. But in general, I don't really think there's a lot of value either way in this one. If it jumps into plus odds territory, now you're starting to get a little bit more excited about the Orioles and the value that they provide. And again, what's kind of a coin tossy type game. The big thing in my mind on this one is we're entering the point of the season where teams are starting to really decide, hey, we can make a push for the playoffs or they're thinking about where they're going to go golfing in October. We're not probably there yet, but you do have to wonder with this Rangers team. I don't know the mindset that they're having. I know the mindset of their fans and their fan base is looking at this saying, we're hanging in there. We play a bunch of teams that are below 500. And if we can win some of these games, then all of a sudden we can make a playoff push. Well, losing two to Baltimore, who's with them in the wild card race, but also in fifth place in the AL East, not a good thing. So in general, I don't buy much into this. Professional athletes tend to go out there and they want to play hard every day. So I want to make sure that's clear. That's my statement, but it is something to think about whether it's the front office, whether it's players at some point, we're starting to get to the point where teams really diverge with regards to 
they were looking good, but now they're not, whether it's players, whether it's veterans just kind of coasting, whether it's a front office saying, hey, we got to start giving a young guy a chance, whether it's trading someone away. This is the type of stuff that we're going to be on the lookout as we head to the All-Star break and as we finish the month of July heading towards uh, into August. It's something just to keep an eye on. So I'm not factoring that in today. It's just something that I'm watching, especially with both these teams. The Orioles, I don't think we'll try to make a playoff push, but – um, there should be some really nice morale in that locker room if they think they got a chance to hang around 500. The Rangers, really two good chances, and they'll have more the rest of this month. But if they don't start picking it up, they really are going to be out of it. They probably should be out of it. But any hope they have is starting to go. So just something I'm keeping an eye on with both of these teams. As it is, like I said, I'll take the Orioles. I'd really like plus odds, though, So because it's not plus odds, only a lean tonight in that one. 7-5 Eastern first pitch Yankees at the Pirates. Got the Pirates yesterday. That was a lot of fun with those big plus odds. And I'm back on the Pirates again tonight at plus 203. Same B grade as I gave yesterday. We've talked about this a lot with the Yankees. It's Their prices are just out of hand. They're a fantastic team. They're going to lose some games. They're not going to win every single one of them. And as I mentioned before, I, I stand by this. If you're betting these crazy minus odds on the Yankees every single night for the rest of the season, you're probably going to lose money because the prices there are just – massively overcompensating. I think there's value on the Pirates again tonight. It's not a situation where I want to be too invested because the Yankees are the better team, but on the road, they have an edge with the starting pitcher, but I don't think it's a huge one. They obviously do have an edge everywhere else, but on the road, it's a situation where laying a number that starts with the two is just, it's not quite the right spot in my opinion to do it with the Yankees. Again, I'm looking for Yankees value because when we found that it's been fantastic, it's just tonight's not that night. To me, it's Pirates or Pass. I'll take the Pirates at plus 203 with a B pick. I mentioned the starting pitchers. Severino's obviously really good. 335 ERA advanced metrics line up right with that. But Keller's about a run better than his ERA, according to the advanced metrics, and rates out as average. And I think he's trending in the right direction on the whole. Maybe not every individual start, but I think Keller's solid enough that I just don't think the Yankees have a, start, a big enough starting pitcher edge to justify this number, a number like minus 225. Just way too much for me. A number that starts with a two for the Pirates offers pretty good value. Again, just like some of these other dogs, it's not that I think they win. It's that they win enough times that when they do and we're surprised by the win, it's a huge boom to the bank account. So I'll be on the Pirates again tonight. Total is nine. And I'll go under nine. It's minus 118, which I don't really love. If the odds were minus 105 or even money you could probably get me to an a grade on this one but only a b grade because we are paying a premium to get that push protection and that affects the way that i see it personally weatherwise it won't be overly warm in pittsburgh we're going to start off around 80 degrees and it'll cool down as the night goes on and there's some possibility of rain early in the night which means the game might be delayed and that way we'll have more of the game happening in cooler weather so that could also help the under, because if we play more of it in colder weather, that's obviously going to mean the ball doesn't carry as well. There's no wind to speak of. The Pirates' offense is surprisingly not horrible at this point, but it's not good. The Yankees' offense is very good. I think Keller can hold them in check. The question is going to be the Pirates' bullpen. Not that I think Keller's going to shut out the Yankees for seven innings, but I think a, a reasonable you know, six innings and two runs for Keller – isn't crazy six innings and three runs, right? I mean, he's going to give up some runs, but I think he can get five or six innings, and I think he gives up maybe two, three runs, maybe four, but I don't think he's going to be the reason that we lose this under if we do. 
the Pirates offense, I never really trust the score runs. I see this being a, a, a three to two type game somewhere in the fifth or sixth inning. And at that point, it's just the, Yan- the Yankees bullpen solid. And it's just hold on and hope we can get this under. I think under's the right side. I love the push protection at nine. I just don't love the odds. And it kind of plays out like yesterday. If the Pirates have any chance, and I think they do, it's going to have to be in a lower scoring game. I don't think they want to get into a slugfest with this Yankees offense. So I think there's value in the Pirates, a value on the under in this one tonight. Both those get a B grade from me. 17 Eastern first pitch, Rays at the Red Sox. Nice night in Boston, around 80 degrees to start cooling off into the low 70s by the end. Winds blowing in, but only around five miles an hour. No rain in the forecast. Corey Kluber versus Brian Bello. Kluber, the 391 ERA advanced metrics lineup, pretty much with that. Uh, slightly above average pitcher. The model might be underestimating him still a tiny bit. So that's something to keep in mind that the projection is about a half a run higher than the advanced metrics for the season. So it's one that I kind of have my eye on at this point. The projection of the advanced metrics usually line up pretty close. But his being off by still half a run makes me think the model might be underestimating Kluber just a little bit. So he might be a little better than that 98 rating that I give him. Bello, on the other hand, one of the top prospects in baseball coming in without having thrown a major league inning with a 91 rating. I mean, who knows exactly how deep he's going to be able to go, but kid's pretty dang good for Boston. That's why they're favored, despite, again, he's never thrown a pitch in the big leagues. Model says the price is pretty accurate, though. Model says minus 128 for the Red Sox. I'm seeing minus 131. I'll take a flyer on the raise at plus 120. I'll make the kid prove it. And again, I think the model might be underrating Kluber a little bit. So I'll take the raise, but there's just not a lot of value in this number on either side at this price, in my opinion. If you could get something like plus 130 on the raise, now we're talking about being a little bit more excited about it. Or if the Red Sox price drops into the low minus 120s, maybe that's a little bit better of a deal. At this point, like I said, it's priced pretty well. I'll take a flyer on the raise and, again, make the kid prove it and back Kluber, who I think is a little bit undervalued by the model. And because, again, I think he's undervalued by the model, I'll be on the under nine at even money with a B-grade pick. The under didn't work out yesterday for us, but I'm not going to be deterred by one game. In general, the offenses are above average but can disappear. The bullpens are below average. That's really my biggest fear here. I think both starters will be okay. I want to get them deep because I want to limit – you know, eliminate too many bullpen innings here is a pitcher. I mean, a hitter friendly park, but I like the fact that we've got even money and I like the push protection on nine. I think this total should be eight and a half. So I think there's some good value here on the under nine. Can't give it an A grade because that park with these bullpens and a rookie pitcher is again, just too many things could make us lose this one. And so again, Anytime I make a pick, I think it's more likely that it wins than it loses. But we have to understand, you know, even the best picks on in, in these sort of minus 110-ish markets, even the best picks are still going to lose 40-plus percent of the time. So have to think about that. There's just too many ways this one can lose, in my opinion, to get an A grade. So I like the under nine, even money B grade for me there in Boston. 720 Eastern first pitch, Cardinals at the Braves. Cardinals really let us down last night, but I'm going to be back on them tonight at plus 160. It's an A-grade pick. I think there's a ton of value here on the Cardinals. I love Max Free. He's fantastic, a 75 rating in my system. I've talked Every time he comes up, I'm like, I don't know what to say other than he's great. 266 ERA, advanced metrics line up exactly with that. He is fantastic, full stop. Braves' bullpen is really good, but – 
as much as the Cardinals weren't able to get done for us last night, these two bullpens are fairly similar. They're both pretty good. The Cardinals offense, I still rate as better than the Braves offense. And Miles Michaelis is no slouch in, in himself either, a 261 ERA. And I don't think he's that good. Advanced metrics are a full run higher than that, but a 360, you know, 360, 370 ERA would still be a great season. His rating isn't bad. The edge that the Braves have in the starting pitcher department just is not enough to justify this price, especially given that's the only area that the Braves have an edge in. The Braves are home, but given the fact that the Cardinals have a better offense and these bullpens are mostly a wash with, with Jansen out, um, I just don't understand this price. Minus 174 for the Braves is insane. If you, if you told me the game was only going to last as long as the starting pitchers threw and the bullpens wouldn't be involved. I still think it's a little bit high, but at least makes sense. But Freed's probably not going to go nine innings. And again, even if he does, it's not like Michaelis and the Cardinals bullpen is that much worse. This number makes no sense to me. I've got Braves minus 132. I could see minus 140 maybe, but a price like minus 175 is crazy. It's Cardinals or pass. In my opinion, the avoiding playing overpriced favorites and just passing, never a bad idea. And you're going to look back and you're going to say more than half of those favorites won. But the question you have to ask yourself, and if you're doubting it, track it. Track it over time and see how it goes for you. When we talk about these overpriced favorites, they're going to win more than half the time. And so half the time you're missing out on a payday. But when you miss out on that payday, you lose a whole lot more than you make. And so that's the thing is it's not about if it wins half the time. It says it went enough of the time to make it profitable. I don't think the Braves are a profitable investment here. I've got an A grade pick on the Cardinals at plus 160. I love the value. It's not so much that I think the Cardinals win, but it just it, it lines up pretty similar to that ace game last night. Uh, a little different with regards to last night was neither pitcher was good. This one, it's both pitchers are good, but it's one of those where these two teams are a lot closer than these odds indicate. So I just want that extra unit on it in case the uh, underdog gets the win, which is very much on the table. I want that extra unit there. With regards to the total, I think eight and a half is too high. I know that we have a hitter-friendly ballpark. It'll be a warm night. We'll be starting off in the upper 80s and closing in the low 80s. And there is some potential rain, but there's no wind to speak of. If there is rain and we delay it, that's just going to help us out even more. And again, I really like both pitchers. I like both bullpens. This Braves offense is can get going. But on aggregate is just basically average, maybe a little bit above. But Michaelis is better than this Braves offense, and Freed is better than this Cardinals offense, and both bullpens are good. I think that's a recipe for a lower total. Eight and a half is way too high. Um, I think eight probably makes a little more sense, and so I'm going B grade under eight and a half. I think there's some value on it. If I could get nine, that's an A grade. Can't give it an eight, an eight grade at eight and a half, just knowing that it's such a hitter-friendly park and that anything can happen, especially with it starting off warmer. So not an A grade on the under, but I do like it. I think it's the right side. I just think two, a two-unit investment is where we want to be on it. 18 Eastern, first pitch Royals at the Astros. This Astros offense, I mean, I, I – I think they scored three runs in the middle of the night, basically. I, I don't understand. It's just incredibly good. Talk about these three teams at the top, Astros, Dodgers, and Yankees, are just fantastic. Again, for some reason, <laughs> the books are not pricing the Astros correctly, so we're going to be on the Astros again tonight. I will say, though, the price is a lot closer today 
it's almost like there was a little bit of a shift after these last two games seeing the Astros offense and they're starting to get up there. And I just, I can't see, I, I have to assume it's going to happen eventually. I think it's starting today. It might happen over the weekend, might be next week. But the Astros keep playing like this. At some point, the prices are going to catch up and we're going to be staring at, and now it's hard to say what to do. And then eventually we're going to be in the Yankees territory where it's like, I guess we got to keep fading because these prices are just too crazy. We're not there yet, so let's take advantage of it. I'm on the Astros again. Only a B grade, though. Not as much value as we had the last two nights. Brad Keller's a pretty solid pitcher. I have him at a 97, so I mean, average pitcher. Now, I think the Astros' offense takes advantage of an average pitcher, and that Royals' bullpen, again, is not good. So I think the Astros score some runs, but Keller's decent enough that a price like minus 265 is already getting pretty steep. Model says 295 as much as the Astros are a juggernaut, you do line up everything you need to lay a number like two. A better starting pitcher with Javier, a much better bullpen, a much better offense eight at home. So you kind of have a check mark in all four of them. So that's why I'm okay laying this price. But at 265, it's not one that I love. If in the low twos, now we're talking about an A grade pick. But Keller, like I said, is just decent enough for me not to give this an A grade. We're already risking a lot here giving this a B grade. I think there's value on the Astros, but I think that value is diminishing. As I've always mentioned, you can look run line. At this point, the only team I'm really looking at run lines on, maybe the Yankees in the right situation or the Dodgers because the numbers are getting out there so crazy. If the, if the numbers keep trending like this with the Astros, we might be adding them to that list. But right now, I still think I'd rather play money line, especially with them at home. And I'll take a flyer on the under. You can't be that confident with an under with this Astros offense. At some point, at some point it feels like you just got to go over blindly with this Astros team. And, and if you're there and you're thinking that, great. I I, I can't, I don't blame you one bit. A, I'm just, I, I, I still think that under the smart play here. I still think that despite the fact that the Royals scored a lot the first two games here, I still think that their offense isn't good. And I think Javier shuts them down. I, I Javier's been shutting all the good teams down. I think he shuts the Royals down. And then I think the Astros got to get like nine themselves. Of course, that's possible. So I think under's the smart play. But, I mean, it's not one that I'm really that confident. Like I said, this Astros offense can score just crazy amounts. And the Wells have been scoring. So, like I said, not one I'm overly confident. A total market that I want no part of. I'd rather just be on the Astros. And just write out the last little bit we can get before the prices start getting absolutely insane and they realize just how good this team is. 940 Eastern first pitch, Giants at the Diamondbacks. Alex Cobb versus Merrill Kelly. Two pitchers I really like. Cobb has a 460 ERA, but the advanced metrics say it should be around three. I really like Cobb a lot. I think he's very good, just had some bad luck. Kelly is a guy I've talked about all season. I've liked uh, 346 ERA. Advanced metrics a tiny bit higher than that. Both of these pitchers are good. I don't really trust either offense. The Giants offense can score, but then you have games like last night where they don't. So I think Merrill Kelly is going to be the right guy to shut them down. I never trust the Diamondbacks to score. They did explode with that five-run eighth last night. The Giants' bullpen isn't great, but in general, I think eight and a half is too high. The Diamondbacks have been mostly an under team. I think this number should be more like seven and a half. If it's eight, I feel like it should be juiced pretty heavily. I'd still go under eight, knowing we have the push protection. It's an A-grade pick for me at eight and a half. I, I think that I think that eight runs, seven, eight runs is a very likely outcome. I think six is probably about as likely as nine. 
I just I think there's way too many situations where this game goes under. The way this game goes over is either one team just really scores a ton, and it's hard to see that happening. The Giants' offense is the team that can, but against Kelly, I don't. I mean, obviously, you know, Kelly can get injured. Obviously, we hope that doesn't happen. I mean, you know, so you have something like that. But I mean, I don't see the Giants just getting to nine by themselves or eight by themselves with Kelly pitching. I don't see the Diamondbacks ever doing something like that unless they're playing in course or something, especially against a pitcher like Cobb. I mean, if both bullpens get involved too much, that's a problem, but both starters are pretty good. So, I mean, I just – I don't think either team really gets most of the way themselves. So the other way this goes over is a, you know, a five to four game, but that would require both teams to score a few runs. And I just think it's more likely that one of these teams doesn't score very many and the other one scores the four or five. I think this is a – a five to two type game. I don't really know who wins though. So I'm going to go a grade on the under and say, I think it's five to two somebody. And I don't have to really care. I'll take a flyer on the giants at minus minus one twenty-five. The model says giants minus minus one eighteen. The model thinks this game is priced perfectly. The giants should be a slight road favorite, but not by that much. You can't disrespect Merrill Kelly that much. He's a very good pitcher. So I'll lean to the giants, but I think it's priced really well. So unless this line moves, if, if the line does move this morning, early afternoon again before lineups are announced because then lineups might affect things based off of people it's we expected to play or not. But if there's some movement, maybe it'll create some value for you just going the other direction. But as it is, I think it's priced pretty well. So I'll I'll, I'll take a lean on the Giants, but main play here is the under eight and a half. Just too many ways this game has seven or eight runs and harder to see having nine or ten. And then it close us out 10 10 Eastern first pitch Rockies at the Dodgers. Dodgers keep getting it done for us here on the run line. I'm going to be on the same play again tonight, but my goodness, would you look at those odds? Minus 170. We were able to go A grade on these run lines before because the odds weren't necessarily great, but they weren't this awful. Minus 170 is just – I'm almost at a loss for words. Like, I'm on it. The Dodgers are the much better team. But I definitely drop a confidence in the grade just because we're risking a lot here. The Dodgers only have to win. They have to win by more than one. I know that's what the Dodgers do, but that's not something that I think is sustainable at this clip. You know, of the games that they win, they're winning like 90% of them or something crazy like that. You know, almost 90% of them, I think, by two runs or more. And that's not a ratio that I think is going to continue to hold. That's going to drop some, if nothing else, because they're going to randomly be in a game that they should lose, come back and win by one, right? Like they're going to win some games by one more than they've been doing. So it's not so much like, oh, if they're going to win, they're going to win by two. It's just, I think they're more likely to win by two or more. That's the type of team they are. They have such a great offense. They're just so much better than this Rockies team. So to me, it's Dodgers or pass. And y'all know, I don't love laying big numbers with favorites. Like I said, we're hanging on with the Astros for now, but I think those days are going away. I was surprised the number was as high as it was. I think those days are going away, and I don't love doing it here with the Dodgers, but I can't back this Rockies team. I just don't see them being competitive in this game. Mitch White is very average, but that's a whole lot better than what the Rockies would be throwing with Jose Urena. This Dodgers offense is just unbelievably good. This Rockies offense, especially its righties, is unbelievably bad. The Rockies bullpen's bad. The Dodgers bullpen's great. Model says Dodgers minus 343. When when the model spits on a number like that, it's just kind of breathtaking. It's such a high number. So I'd be on Dodgers minus 315 if you're a parlay type of player. You know, throw it in a parlay. 
again, it's not that I love doing parlays, but if that's what you're going to do, again, I think you're at least adding the appropriate amount of payoff to the risk that you're adding. You're adding a little bit of risk, um, but you're not adding that much, in my opinion. The Dodgers win this about three out of four times. I'll go on the run line, though. But with those odds, we're just losing value or losing it quickly. It's only a B grade for me there, mainly because I just don't really love laying a number like minus 315, but the model says there's value, so do with that what you will. But with regards to total, I'll go over nine. It's minus 123, and it's a B grade. I, I love the push protection. I think we can get to nine. We are paying a premium for it. If you had better odds, this would be an A grade over. If you were at minus 105, say, it'd be an A grade, but we are paying that premium, and so that's reflected in the grade of this pick. Only a B grade. Obviously, we'll see where this number goes. It's obviously teetering on getting up to nine and a half. And the same thing, I'd go over nine and a half, but now we're probably talking about a B minus pick. If it gets there, it's there should be runs. Um, Mitch White isn't good enough to really shut the Rockies out. They'll score a couple of runs. Um, the question is how many of the Dodgers score, and the Dodgers might score nine by themselves against Serena in this Rockies bullpen. The Rockies bullpen doesn't have any depth. So their only hope of the Rockies' only hope of keeping the Dodgers from scoring seven or eight runs is Urania goes out there and has a fantastic start against the best offense, one of the best offenses in baseball, and goes seven innings. Otherwise, if is out after three, which is probably the most likely scenario, there are going to be way too many Rockies pitchers pitching that one of them is going to give up a four spot somewhere. And if is out early, that means he's probably already given up four. Dodgers end up with eight runs by the sixth inning probably. So I think over is the right play, but just the fact that we're paying that premium keeps it at a B grade for me weather-wise it'll be a normal night so no real difference there in how we're treating dodger stadium it'll be 70 degrees to start mid 60s to close breeze blowing out to start dying down as the night goes on so just a normal night in dodger stadium so no effect there really just about the fact that the rockies finding nine good innings for rockies pitchers or eight realistically I just don't see happening. So I'm on the over. I just hate paying that premium. So only a B grade. I'm on the Dodgers run line again, but again, we are really losing value with these odds. Only a B grade for me there. So I'll recap the Apex here. We've got the Guardians and Tigers under eight at even money, the Cubs and Brewers under seven and a half at minus 105. The Marlins at plus 160 is home dogs against the Angels. The Cardinals at plus 160 is road dogs against the Braves. And the Giants at Diamondbacks under 8.5 at minus 115. Fewer A plays today. As I went through the slate, there were just a lot of things that I think are priced a little bit better. So a lot of things I like, just harder to find things I love today. So it is what it is. We'll have days where I love a whole lot more than this. Those are my five best plays, in my opinion. And that's all I have for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. A reminder to check out the Google Sheet for model picks, projections, and results. You can find that link and more at the website, www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button to ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. And I'll see you tomorrow. Until then, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.